Welcome to episode 196 of Crack the Customer Code, the podcast at the intersection of great and fantastic customer experiences. So, Jeannie, today we are talking about innovation. Buzzword. I, I love innovation. <laughs> Hashtag buzzword. <laughs> it's not a buzzword. It's a real thing. No, it's an important concept, but still buzzword. But, you know, <laughs> innovation really is important, and it's important in a lot of different areas of business, but it's also important in customer experience. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite topics, as you know. Right. So we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about what are some of the best ways to do it. Well, if you thought innovation was a buzzword, (laughs) (laughs) you're going to love the next thing I have to say, because I really love co-creation with customers. And I really find that it's a powerful way to innovate um, around not only what you have today, but also what your customers really want for you to have tomorrow. It's really crowdsourcing ideas and working with your customers to understand their journey better and pull out of them what they're really looking for. It's well, drawing. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'll say uh, <laughs> you're drawing on the power of the public, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one way that I really like to do this is to reach out regularly for input and feedback from customers. And you can do this in so many ways in today's world. Now you can do this virtually You can have things like my Starbucks idea out there where you can vote ideas up and down and and have kind of that suggestion box available at all times for your customers. But, you know, you can also do this the old fashioned way, and that's really bringing your customers into a room and show them something you're working on and ask them the questions and say, this is our current challenge. We're trying to improve this. So we want your help to do it. So what would you do? What do you want us to do? And get them talking about how they use your products and services and what they feel is missing. And that will actually lead to those innovative ideas. Right. And I think there's a lot of power to getting them to vocalize their own challenges and to seeing their perspective, of course. And, you know, companies have been doing this for years, but it really does give an idea of what they want and what they need. It's so true. And I think in everyday life, in a weird way, it's easy to forget (laughs) about the customers. It's easy to forget that they're the ones using these products and services, especially when we have meeting after meeting about, you know, all sorts of things that we have to remember and all sorts of new campaigns and everything else. So just getting them to vocalize those challenges, if Nothing else. If our listeners today walk walk away from this episode and think, I'm going to get my customers to talk more to me about these things, that will lead to more innovation. Right. And I think co-creation can be really powerful. But one thing I would warn against is you know, it's got a little bit of a focus group uh, dynamic to it, which is it's a, it's a small sample set usually. Now, you've got a small mm-hmm. group of people in a room, and it may not be statistically representative of the larger customer base. And especially if you're a big company and you want to get a sense of what your customer base as a whole feels, you know, I think you can use it directionally. You can use it uh, for depth and for qualitative analysis, but you're going to want to combine it with other methods, uh, 
particularly for diverse products or, you know, sort of complicated products or diverse organizations and diverse customer bases. Uh, you're going to want to combine it with surveys and more traditional things to really make sure that what you're getting uh, is, you know, statistically valid. Well, it's a great point. And I think one can lead to another. So if you find in your surveys that your customers have a similar challenge or something that really rises to the top, then if you don't know how to solve that, or if you're thinking, we think we know what to do about this, that's the perfect time to bring in some of those customers who said, I don't like this, and show them what you're thinking and co-create with them. Because that way, then you can bring that solution back and survey, what would you think about this? However, we have to be careful about survey fatigue and all of the things that we've talked about before as well. And really think about that if you are trying to innovate, if you are trying to really come up with what's next, sometimes customers aren't always ready for that. Sometimes they can't see where they are going to be next year at this time or with the tools that are available that you know about that maybe they don't yet. And Steve Jobs was the one who kind of made this famous by saying that, they don't know what they want until you innovate it for them. And when he came out with things like the iPhone, and I'm saying he as if it was just him, but <laughs> there was a whole company behind him. Um, when Apple came out with the iPhone, they didn't ask for permission to do that. They basically said, here's what we have innovated, and then looked for ways to improve that based on how people use the product. So innovation is not always a straight line. It rarely is. And I think we have to remember that as we're looking at our own customer experiences. Well, yeah, and you you know how I feel about the jobs example, so um, we I can know. go down that I path. Know. Well, you know how I feel about focus groups. Well, yeah, well, so. well I, I, I was <laughs> taking your side. I was saying that co-creation has some of the aspects of focus groups, uh, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. those are the weaknesses of it. However, with the Steve right. Jobs example, <laughs> I would just warn people, one, not everybody's Steve Jobs. Uh, two, exactly. you know, we remember his successes we don't remember his failures. He had a lot of failures by trying to guess what people he thought people wanted and uh, mm -hmm. giving them yeah. to them. Uh, so it, it's a delicate balance, I think. And, uh, you know, right now, I think Apple's trying to do some of that still, not to get off on a tangent here. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that it's, uh, as an Apple customer, as a person who is in solidly in that ecosphere with both feet and many uh, products and uh, devices, I can say that some of these uh, quote unquote innovations for the good of me <laughs> and other customers uh, have not been innovative at all and have actually detracted from the customer experience. And if you want to get a sense of this, just feel free to Google uh, the MagSafe power adapter. <laughs> that's mm. just one thing that, uh, but you know, and I, I think that's uh, so, and that's my point is that it's a double edged sword and that, right. Really, yeah, that innovation, I think it's usually helpful if it's coupled with some other forms of perspective and feedback. I'm not saying that, yeah, you can't mm -hmm. be a genius and create the, the iPod. And true innovation is somebody thinking of something that doesn't exist now, right? But right. A, most, a lot of the right. time where we're talking about customer co-creation and these things, we're not talking about something, you know, a, a paradigm shifting innovation. We're obviously talking, mm -hmm. you know, more times than not talking about an incremental innovation. Right. 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 Yep. No, go ahead, please. <laughs> and I think there's something to be said about 
those incremental steps leading to really understanding your customer. And one example that stands out to me, it's more of a design example, I guess, but several years ago now, um, there was a designer, a product designer who came up with the idea that, you know, all of our prescription bottles, those brown prescription bottles, they all look the same. They all have the same kind of label. And often, especially in homes with elderly people, they can't get the caps open and they can't necessarily see the difference between one bottle to another. And so she came up with this idea of color coding the bottles for the family member so you can identify it easily and say, oh, it's a red bottle. That's not for me. And making the top a lot easier to open, but still, uh, um, you know, it, it does its job, basically. And it's such a simple thing. But you think about how many years people went without innovating on that product. It never occurred to them. We all knew there were problems with it. You ask anybody with multiple family members, you ask anybody with an elderly uh, relative who takes a lot of medications, everybody was aware of this. The medical field was well aware of these problems, but it was just nobody had really thought about innovating on that. And it's such a simple but effective way to solve a known problem. And I think that's what I really love about the idea of innovation is sometimes it's not this like huge new product. It really is about solving a problem in a different way. And if you can invite your customers into that process, it can be incredibly valuable, not just for them, for the customers who are having their problem solved, but it's a cycle and it comes back to the business. And so they're going to reap the rewards of being that problem solver for their customers. So I get really excited about this. I think it's really something that is often overlooked in the customer experience, ironically. It's just this idea of what problems are out there that nobody's really looked at, nobody's really innovated on. Let's tackle those together. No, and that's a fantastic example. And I think if I was going to give an example of innovation, I would give that before the iPod mm -hmm. because that's more in line with what most people are going to innovate. Right. You know, the, the, the level, I mean, the the jump from the previous product or concept to the new product or concept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, and that's the thing. I think it's important to remember that innovation has all different levels and forms. So, you know, that is a very needs-based, you know, type of ask a customer, like, what do you hate about your bottle mm -hmm. <laughs> that we've been using since 1904 or whatever, right? Right, right. And so, oh, well, we hate this and I never know whose is mine. And mm -hmm. hey, yeah, look at this. Pretty simple. Exactly. Exactly. It's all a bunch of it's all a bunch of plastic. Now, what's really funny is how many regular bottles we still get. Well, that's because Target actually bought the rights to this bottle. Yeah, the patent, right? Yeah, the... exactly. So <laughs> nice. I know. I know. So but that didn't happen right away. But, you know, you understand why they would want that because it's a competitive advantage, even though it's the same product in the bottle. So somebody might choose to go there because of that advantage in packaging. Just like uh, Amazon has frust frustration-free packaging on some of their products. And any parent will tell you that there are times you go to Amazon for that reason, because some of the packaging of toys and things like that, it's ridiculous. You end up slicing yourself with the, the hard plastic and the frustration-free packaging. And think about that definition. Like... That is basically saying we solved this problem 
and we're offering this as a competitive advantage. And that's innovation too. So I think what we're doing today is we're really encouraging our listeners to think about all of these different ways that innovation can play a part in your own customer experience. It may not be the next big product. It may be something as simple as how you package things, as how you listen to what your customers are really saying frustrates them, and then solving that in a way that kind of invites them into that process and helps them embrace your product more because of this innovation. So the takeaway then is encouraging innovation, but opening up your minds and processes to innovation. So ask sitting around and having brainstorming sessions. And you know, you don't just have to innovate what the customer sees. You can innovate the processes behind the experience. How can you execute mm-hmm. this better? How can you deliver faster? And if you can do some of those things as well, I mean, innovation can happen at all levels of the organization. So, you know, using brainstorming sessions, using co-creation sessions, involving the customer and looking at all these ways, and there's so much out there on innovation where there's so, there's so many guides and so many ways and models that you can follow to just start the process. And I think if organizations can do more of that, you'll be surprised what you can come up with. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Go, go gather your people, brainstorm, look for these problems to solve, and change the world. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is not going to be innovative, but I think it's time to wrap up, Jeannie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd love to hear from you on your innovations and feedback that you have, as always. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code, a proud member of the C-Suite radio family. If you like C-Suite Radio, then check out C-Suite TV and watch in-depth interviews with business content for C-Suite leaders and entrepreneurs, and it's all on demand. Get insider secrets by going to csuitetv.com. Make sure you learn about Adam at customersthatstick.com. And make sure you connect with Jeannie over at 360connects.com. That is E-X-T. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.